The Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track. Everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Do you know the number one insurance claim? We're Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're so excited to welcome you back to another episode of the Inside Track, where we share techniques, thoughts, and tools that we all need, we all deserve, so that we can turn our house into our home, where our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. Okay, the answer, water. Water. Water is fantastic to drink, and we need to drink lots of it. And yet what we want to ensure is that our houses drink none of it. Number one insurance claim across the board. Right. In this part of the world. And what we're going to talk about today is actually what types of insurance, because what some people are amazed to find out is when they think they have a claim and they go to make a claim, that your insurance doesn't cover the type of claim that you're about to make. Which is a horrible thing. You don't want that happen to you and we don't want it to happen to you. Now, we will share a personal story because we narrowly escaped kind of by accident our house taking a bath. Narrowly escaped? Yeah, because we didn't actually know for sure that our insurance would cover it when our house took a bath. Mm-hmm. And so in in hindsight, what we want to make sure you know, because we found out luckily not the hard way, but kind of the hard way, is that you want to have a premium, premium policy when it comes to water. Because water is actually the most likely thing that is going to cause you to have what could be a very significant, large insurance claim. Yeah, I was amazed actually at what the size of the claim was and the amount of time it took to get our house back to normal. And as a matter of fact, some of the things, we never did get them replaced in time. And the insurance said, no, you didn't replace those items quick enough. So no, you can't you can't have that claim item anymore. Right. Even the, So we lost thousands and thousands of dollars just by not moving quickly enough. So that's mm-hmm. an important thing to remember. And ours was a really simple thing. Yeah, we we turned on the dishwasher before we went to bed, you know, which is kind of a normal thing. You want to save the electrical bill, so you do it when it's off-peak hours. And then we turned on the dishwasher, went to bed, and for some reason the fill valve, which is supposed to shut the water off when the water gets to a certain level, stopped filling, right, Yeah. It did. And we woke up in the morning to this beautiful, moist, (laughs) steam-covered windows. Yeah, all our windows were steam-covered. And we thought, why is there moisture on our windows? And we had guests from Europe. They were living in our house with us. And we thought, that's a long bath they're taking to get the water moisture. They must have been running a hot one for a long time because it's into my bedroom. My windows Mm -hmm. are drenched. Yeah, so long story short, the dishwasher kept filling all night with hot water. Our our hot water tank was able to keep up. (laughs) Well, at least on and off. Yeah, so that hot water spilled out. It uh, swelled 
the flooring. It swelled the the um, cabinets, the kitchen cabinets. Went into the next room and bothered our hardwood floor. Then it percolated down through the ceiling, broke the ceiling in the basement, ruined the TV, the couches, the floor in the basement, which was a parquet flooring. Uh, it was just unbelievable. Right. And so that's just one little isolated thing. And I don't know how often a dishwasher valve gets stuck open. And yet there are so many other causes of water. Our houses are not meant to be exposed to water. Right. And so unfortunately, they often get exposed to water, both from outside, from inside, and it can be really costly. I mean, I know fire is horrific. That'll take out an entire house and our clients, and we've got quite a few that have lost a house to fire, and that's terrible. And a significant amount of the damage that's actually done in that house that's caught fire is actually the water. The water has further damaged the house because they use the water to put out the fire, which is a good thing because otherwise the house would have burnt to the ground. Mm -hmm. However, it's the water is so pervasive because although it was just in one small isolated area in our home in this case, it weeps or seeps, A, according to the flow of the house, and just drywall sucks it up. Any wood product sucks it up. Yeah. So the types of insurance, mm -hmm. um, water escape clause will cover you for things like your dishwasher leaking, your um, washing machine hose bursting. Like I recommend you take off your plastic or rubber hoses and put on the ones that have the wire mesh over them because they're not going to explode as easily. That type of thing is a water escape. Uh, a sump pump backing up or failing, that's a water escape. But then sewer backup is not water escape. You need a separate type of insurance for sewer backup. Like a rider, basically, a rider, yeah. in addition to your typical Some, insurance. Unless you have a premium insurance package that includes all those things, it's good to ask your insurance broker what your insurance policy covers. If you don't like reading that 30-page document that you get. Uh, the other type of water is Overland is called overland. So that's if you're living near a lake, a stream, a retention pond, anything like that. If that comes up and goes over the land and goes into your house, that is not covered unless you have overland flood insurance. And then the last type is um, it's, it's like surface water. So you have a lot of snow on the ground. Suddenly we have a big thaw and a rain and it just overloads your house and some gets in. That can be considered uh, surface water back uh, surface water penetration. Now be careful because if it's been a long time and maybe you have a crack in your foundation, you're getting a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. That's not covered by insurance. That's maintenance. Insurance covers a one-time catastrophic type of event. Even if you have a premium policy. Yeah. So no, you have to maintain your house. Your house has to be taken care of. So basically what you want to do this afternoon, you want to do this evening, if you're listening in the afternoon, if you're watching one of the pre-recorded episodes or you're watching this after the fact or after it's been aired, you want to go into your folder you want to go grab your insurance policy and see what it actually covers before you have a problem. 
If you don't have mm-hmm. it, because I wouldn't know where to look for mine or find it either, pick up the phone, send an email to your insurance provider and say, tell me exactly what my policy covers and does not cover as it relates to water. Right. Water of any kind coming into my house or being in my house and filling my house. (laughs) And after the commercial break, we are going to discuss the elements that you can do to maintain your property so that you don't have that slow leakage or that non-insurable event, right? Insurance is there for the unexpected, not for the expected. Right, for the catastrophic, for the surprises, the nasty surprises, not like a surprise birthday party. It's like (laughs) the surprise nightmare. Yeah, because even if the insurance covers it like it did for us, and I think it was like about a $65,000 claim. And that was like 15 more years ago. Basically, we had to be out of the house for a couple months while all this renovation was going on. So it it really disrupts your family. Right. And so the goal here is be aware of your insurance policy, get the inside scoop, know what you've got, and then we get to continue as your partners in growing wealth through real estate. Foundations are a must, and everybody's got to have one because they are the gig, and there could be some issues with it. So, We are excited that we've been able to create for you free access to over 367 Inside Track episodes on our YouTube channel, on the Decker Team channel, where we explore insights, we look at what it takes to make a house a home, how to grow wealth, build wealth through real estate, and all the insider tips so that you're in the know so you make great decisions and you can access them from your home, from your office, or on the go whenever you actually need them. Mm. And I've found that the the foundation is foundational to the purchase of a property. It all starts there. As a matter of fact, it's one of the first things the home inspector looks at when they arrive at the property that you're thinking of buying. They're going to look at the foundation. They're going to look at the roof, the, the, the basic structural structure of the building and that structure sits on the foundation so if the foundation is not solid it's got lots of cracks in it it's shifted that's an issue and one of the things other than holding up the house your foundation does is it keeps the water out of your basement if you have a basement right and if you don't have a basement the foundation still keeps the water out of your your uh, crawl space or out of your um, footings. Like you still need to have protection from water because mm-hmm. water will be persuade, pervasive yes. and cause some issues. Yes. And so on this episode, you're going to learn what are those things that you can do to make sure your house actually functions as a house and you're not trying to make it a boat. Well, yeah, it it should not be a boat. It doesn't mm-hmm. like water. So one of the big things to do is keep water away from the the house. Mm-hmm. So how can you do that? How can you keep water away from your foundation? Uh, one way is sloping. Mm-hmm. Grading is like the number one thing that we see not taken care of again and again and again. Because when your house is built, what ends up happening is 
they dig the hole, they pour the footings, they put the foundation in, and then everything else goes on top of that. Once all that work is done, then the earth gets pushed back against the foundation, extra soil is brought in so that it slopes away from the foundation and into the yard, mm -hmm. which is fantastic, except most houses when they're built don't have eaves troughing, not mm -hmm. on the onset. So the water comes down and not only do we have the loosest soil next to the foundation because it's hard to compact it as well with big equipment yeah. close so to the house. You can't get the track of the bulldozer that's pushing the soil up to the house. You right. can't get the track that close. No, it can't be done. And so you end up having the most loose soil, the soil that's not as compacted right at your foundation. So even if it looks tall, it doesn't take very much before it starts to sink. And then you end up getting an incline of soil toward the house rather than away from the house. And then you add, we usually don't have eaves dropping to start. Then the rains start coming, come off, cascade off the roof, unless you have a huge overhang, which most houses don't today. The water is going to cascade right next to your foundation, your land's already sloping towards your house, and now you've created kind of a bathtub effect. A moat. A little a moat. moat. A little moat around your house. <laughs> you can't see it. It's underground, and it's there all the same. Mm -hmm. And even when foundations are waterproofed, the challenge becomes houses are not meant to be sitting in yeah. water. Yeah, let's talk about the waterproofing for a minute because there's new styles of waterproofing. They do the, the membrane, which is way better than the old tar. We used to just tar the concrete. That would keep the moisture from penetrating into the concrete. But the tar was um, dissolved over – it was eaten up. Over, over years. So in 10, 15 years, there's no tar left. Or very little, right? Yeah. It's spotty at yeah, best. It gets eaten by bacteria and things. Um, and if you get a crack in your foundation, which pretty much every house has a crack in the foundation, it's pretty right. typical. And, and the reason for that, let's just address that for a brief moment, is it's a lot of concrete, even a solid poured foundation, solid concrete. And sometimes we have wood foundations, sometimes we have block foundations. Those are just as susceptible, maybe more susceptible to water. Wood, because they seal the joint so well, actually a preserved wood foundation, although not that common in the Ottawa area, is incredibly water resistant, which is fantastic. And yet they all are prone to take in water. And you pour a poured concrete foundation, so much concrete. And then we have the heat and the cool, the contracting and the expanding. It's going to crack. Yeah. Yeah. So with the membrane, if you get a crack behind the membrane, you don't have water penetration through the crack, which is really awesome. Now that membrane only goes down to the footing. You have your footing, then your foundation, and the membrane sits at the edge of that footing. So you can't you wrap it around underneath? No. So if you've got a ton of water right there, that can percolate underneath the floor and start coming up from your floor. I've seen houses that have cracked floors in the basement because the water's come up, put hydraulic pressure on it and, and heaved it. Right. You know, some, some cracking in the basement floor is pretty normal again, shrinkage and settling and all that. Even if but, they're scored. But you can tell 
you can tell if it's hydraulic pressure because of the way it's shifted and cracked. It's different. The crack, the levels are not equal. Right. Your your floor actually sits at two different heights on either like side you would of the stub crack. Stub your toe on it. Right. It hurts actually. Yeah. And that doesn't always mean there's hydraulic pressure. It just may mean it's expanded and shifted more than. Mm -hmm. and open crack. So you really want to, at that point, get some professional input. Don't think that if you go down to your basement and you're looking at a crack that's a little uneven, but there's no moisture in it, that that's hydraulic pressure because it may not be. It just yeah. may be that this, the, the material underneath the foundation or underneath your concrete slab was a little uneven to start with and yeah, settled a little settled differently. differently. Yeah. And other than the grading going the wrong way, the biggest issue we find on home inspections is either there's no eaves trough, so all the water's coming down, or you have eaves trough and the downspout goes down to the ground, but then it should have a five, six foot extension to take it away from the house so then the slope of the, of the land will continue to take the water away. Right. Many times people knock those off with the lawnmower, they get broken, they get whatever, they get crushed. And people just take them off. So now the water's going directly right concentrated to that one spot. And it's usually the corner of a house. And quite often we go inside. If that's the case, you'll see the, land, the, the soil is indented where the water comes down the spout. It's been pooling there. If it's a garage corner, it may have cracked the foundation because of heaving and it's not a heated surface. And in the house, quite often that might be where we're damp in the basement is that corner. Right. So it's kind of scary. Yeah. Get that water away. Move it and move it fast. And we're just like, we're late into the fall now. And so the ground is starting to freeze. And yet I would still encourage you to take a walk on the outside, get those downspouts extended, and also bring in some soil. It's okay that it is overly high for the winter and doesn't look that amazing right now. Yeah. Because they don't do much in the winter, your downspouts. But spring will come. And spring will be here before we know it. So an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that is what this is all about. So we're so grateful that we get to move forward with you growing wealth through real estate. And we're so passionate about making sure you are protected and your house is safe. What about the roof? What about my shingles? We at the Decker team are excited that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you and grow well through real estate, give you insider tips, and just make sure that you're living the absolute best life possible. It's so much more than just buying homes, selling homes. It's about even creating wisdom in our relationships, how to get them to flourish, because when they flourish, our house really becomes a home, which is what this is all about. And so roofs, shingles, they are critical in keeping water away from our house because we know that water is meant for drinking, but our house doesn't want to see any except inside the taps. <laughs> yeah, the plumbing, inside the plumbing. Inside the plumbing, yeah. that's the only place. Now, there's several types of roofs. Right. So on this episode, that's what we're going to talk about, right? You're going to learn how do we protect our house from 
water when it mm. comes to, in particular, our shingles and our roof style. And then we got some, of course, little bonuses because there's always more. Yeah. So the most common roof style is a sloped peaked roof with an asphalt style shingle on it, which is now they're changing them. More of them have uh, fiberglass and different things in them to try to extend the life of the shingles. Because if you've ever replaced the shingles on a roof, whether you do it yourself or you pay someone to do it, it's not cheap. It's expensive. Yes. It's and like a significant um, input. It's an investment mm -hmm. because if your shingles are done, yeah, you in trouble. Yeah, and it's an investment to protect your asset because if you don't do it in time – and water penetrates through the shingles or through the roof sheathing, you can get rotten roof sheathing, you can get mold in the attic, you get staining or bad drywall, you got to change drywall. If it's really bad, you may damage the rest. It might go all the way through the house if it's a real bad one. And then you even, it's not just the moisture damage, it's now the impending mold and mildew and deterioration of mm -hmm. the actual wood and other building materials that starts taking place. Yeah. So protection is the key. Now, there's several reasons a, a roof may leak. If it's a flat roof, it may have too much mm -hmm. retention or the, the uh, it might have a torched on membrane or that type of thing. That may be getting old. They're rarer. We still see lots of we them, though. We still see them, but they're rarer. Mm -hmm. uh, very very uh, much on commercial buildings. Yeah. And then, um, so there's some things in a, we'll talk primarily about the shingled roof. Um, you can avoid some of the issues by going to steel. I know. Metal is like amazing because it lasts probably longer than you and I are going to last. Mm -hmm. We even see metal on old, old farmhouses or houses from the 1800s, the 1900s. If it's been maintained, that metal may never need replacing. Like a metal yeah. roof is the bomb.com. But you'll spend two to four times the cost of shingles, depending on who's doing it, what style. There's some really gorgeous metal roofs Beautiful. Now. And the mm -hmm. thing you want to watch for if you're going to do a metal roof, you actually want those little attachments on the metal roof. I'm trying to think what they're called, that break up the ice so that it doesn't come cascading off the roof and onto a person. We actually yeah. had our car damaged not that long ago when we went to visit a client because while we were in the house, the sun came out and there wasn't any little protectors. So the ice, the heavy ice load and snow load came like an avalanche, <laughs> which we didn't hear because we were parked, unfortunately, a little bit underneath. Too, too, close. too close. Too close to the garage. And it slope. came cascading down and you can go to the body shop after that because you've got a pretty damaged yeah. car. The other so thing is it's thinking a pain about it. to shovel it because what happens is that, mm. that snow comes off a steel roof and it compacts when it hits the ground yeah. is really hard to shovel it really hard but the shoveling is the easy so part is the car damage i'm gonna call them snow guards they i think they are snow ice guards <laughs> snow guards and you've seen them if you're driving around and they're not the prettiest thing the thing if you have those is you actually want to keep your eye on them because they actually break and snap off sometimes at least that's what i've seen it during inspections and helping people buy houses that have them just make sure they're maintained yeah yeah. So back to shingles. Shingles wear out over time. Yeah. They start curling. They do all kinds of things. And that 
causes water to be able to get in underneath because mm-hmm. they're they're not waterproof shingles. They're actually because there's get they're they're layered, right? right? So if the rain's going up the wrong direction, water can get in. They're designed that the slope of the roof keeps the water flowing away from the seams. Right. So a low pitch roof is actually more problematic. Yes, to to warn shingles than a a high pitch roof, right? Because the water doesn't have a chance; it just cascades down, right? It's coming off off faster. Yeah. And then also, if you have a room or I guess the way the house is built, where you don't have a lot of insulation because it's a vaulted Mm -hmm. ceiling Mm -hmm. and it's a very low amount of insulation, you actually get more issues with potential ice damming. Yeah, and ice damming is the same kind of thing, except well, usually what happens is it can be caused by not enough ventilation in the attic. Um, The heat comes up, melts the snow, and then uh, the water drips down underneath the snow hits the cold eave where it's no longer over the heated attics, like heated house. It's now over the outside and it freezes. And you can see icicles, maybe big icicles. And They're that, so pretty though. The yeah, grandkids yeah, yeah. love to play with them on the back you of the see cottage them on old in houses. Hopefully you don't see them on new houses. And then the, the ice will build up, works its way up the roof to the point where the water goes up in under the shingles. And then you get, damage in your house. So that's ice damming. You can prevent that by removing snow, improving ventilation, or adding those heating coil elements. Just make sure you plug them in. Yes. Because I remember last year. I put them on and never plugged them in. Right. And then it's kind of problematic because by (laughs) then the cord is covered in ice and you can't get it moved where it needs to go. And then you get a little bit of ice damming. Now, the other place we get leaks and Regularly looking at your roof will help. And that's at flashings, flashings around chimneys, flashings where it, it they call them step flashing, where it's on the side of the house because you've got like another roof that bounce, butts abuts, up, yeah. butts a, a wall. Uh, it can be in the valley where, the, where there's two sections of roof that come together and there's usually a steel valley in there. Those kind of things... Um, nails that have come loose or worn and there's no uh, tar on them. So getting up and doing that tarring, and I don't recommend if you're afraid of heights, you don't like stepping on roofs, get a professional. On our home, every year I have someone come out and inspect the roof. And typically there's four or five shingles blown off. There's some caulking to do, some tarring, uh, repairing the roof ridge on one time because those wore quicker. And by doing that, we're extending the life of our roof before we have to do the big bucks and replace all of it, and we're preventing a leak in the house. Right. You don't want one of those, right? No. no. Stay away from leaks. Yeah. And if your shingles are well attached, you're less susceptible to a windstorm where they're going to blow off as well. Right. Mm-hmm. In This is the bonus. The bonus is that it's not just around the roof. Look at windows. Look Mm -hmm. at doors because caulking there, and sometimes they have flashing as well. If we have older style windows that even aluminum cap has been put over what used to be wood and now it's aluminum, that flashing requires frequent caulking. It really is ideal to minimum minimum once a year to do an entire visual inspection 
around the outside of your house. Look around dryer vents. Look around anywhere because not only are you avoiding the water getting in, you're also avoiding little mice coming to visit <laughs> and other rodents that can get in some of those holes and gaps that you had no idea were going to take on um, water or worse, rodents, mm-hmm. right? So if you seal your house, it actually seals the deal. Like, get rid of those gaps, get rid of them, get rid of them, get rid of them, and then your house is safe and sound. Yeah. So we're excited to be your partners as we move forward together, because together, we've got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.